Good afternoon and welcome into the Morning Burrito Podcast. I am Michael. I'm Eric. And we are in a new location. New location, only because our other location is tore apart. We have a big pew that doesn't fit in the room quite well. We thought we would move it because it would fit, but somebody didn't measure to make sure. That would be both of us. That would be both of us. <laughs> I, I trusted I mean, my boss. Looks can be deceiving because it looked like it should fit. It looked like it should fit. Who would have thought? It was so, like three feet too long. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, it just needs a chainsaw. It's all it needs. Yeah. So, next time we're in the studio, it it probably won't look different to you, but we will definitely be sitting in a yes. different place in our yes, studio. We will. we will have to move things around a little bit to make it work. So, for those of you that are, are listening and not watching, we're sitting here with handheld mics and uh, one hand. And then I got the coffee in the other. So I'm happy. Yeah, good for you. Yeah. That's great. Yeah, I'm thrilled. I think the fly has probably laid eggs in there I know, at this probably. point. It is, it is the time of year for those of you who are north, central, eastern Oregon folk here in the, the desert land where melons start to rot in the fields and flies come and out it's like crazy. Horrible. It's crazy. Uh, so we're going to talk about two things today. We're going to recap our Fall Fest that Man, happened that a couple of days ago. Yeah, let's do that. Yeah, it was uh, it was a great event, as it always has been. Um, and uh, so we'll talk about that. And then we're going to ask a question and try and answer it t- today. What is the question we're going to be asking? <laughs> well, we're going to talk about uh, those of you, w- well, one would say church hoppers. Other would say, yeah, we're still seeking for a church. Um, so we're going to talk about what makes a healthy church. What makes a healthy church? Well, stick with us as we have this conversation today on the Morning Burrito Podcast. All right, we are back. So we are going to start our conversation by talking about Fall Fest. It happened a couple days ago on We're both Monday. wearing green. We are wearing green. Yeah. I have I have a cool T-shirt underneath, by the way. Oh, you love your wife? I love my wife. Oh, okay. So she has well, one I can't that matches that says "I love my husband." Oh, that's, that's so nice. Cute. That's nice. My T-shirt says "Honey Bucket" on it. <laughs> I don't want to know. <laughs> it's a great story. Anyway, that's another. That's another Honey, day. Yeah, that's a that's a story for another day. <laughs> my Make wife sh- does not like this shirt. <laughs> so 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 Sharon Sorry, cannot honey. listen that day. <laughs> All right. So uh, so let's recap Fall Fest. So there's a lot, uh, Eric, that goes into our Fall Fest preparation. Uh, this year was a lot different than the previous three years that I've been here because you weren't really involved in a lot of the preparation. No, man, I kind of bailed on everybody this year with sabbatical so um, our office manager gabriel she said hey i will volunteer to run it this year and i was like you go right ahead and uh, she did just phenomenal not because she's my daughter or office manager just that she had a great heart and and pulled it off so yeah yeah and i know it's a little strange not being part of it it was strange uh not having you a part of it um but uh you're right gabriel did a great job it was uh it was very well run um this year was a little odd, too, because in our town, um, there were no other churches that were aware of doing anything on Halloween right. this yeah, year. Yeah, it's kind of strange. Um, now, for the last two years, Halloween has been on Saturday and then Sunday, um, respectively, and so uh, it makes things a whole lot easier for the church world to have Halloween on that day, on those days, because the weekend makes things just easier. Yeah, and do it in daylight, you know, you can yep. do that, so... Uh, which allows a lot of our older uh, folks to be a part of it because they don't have to drive in the dark and those sorts of things. Um, but but nevertheless, uh, 
we we didn't know what to expect number wise for people coming to on our campus this year because of just kind of the weirdness of that. Uh, there were really only a, a couple other things happening in our town yesterday, and uh, we had over seven hundred people on campus in the rain yesterday. Yeah, that was crazy. I mean, it, I mean, it was it was one of those deals where you sit there and you look at people and they come through the line and man, th- they're hardcore people. I mean, they were not backing down. They wanted their chocolate. In fact, um, some of not just kids, but their parents would like come up to us and uh, trick or treat, give them their candy, and they were gone. They were like as fast as they could just because of the rain, and they just I just laughed at them because mm-hmm. there's no there's no time for chit chat. It was like candy go. So we have uh, for our fall fest, we do several different parts uh, to our fall fest. There's like, several different activities or things that kids and families can participate in you want to lay that out for our for our audience what do we do yeah so uh we we just have everything on campus so we have uh trunks and uh, our people come they decorate their trunks we pass out candy it's a uh, typical like a, trunk or treat yeah like a like a big line there um and then indoor you and the students so you guys do a great job at an indoor like games for kids and uh still candy hand out cotton candy um and then we have uh, two different uh, hay rides I uh, got the slow hay ride with the big 20 foot trailer with the tractor. And then we got the ATV hay ride on the short trailer that just kind of will jar you apart. So. You're, you're lucky you don't fall off yeah. the trailer, to be yeah. quite honest. Um, and then, uh, yeah, you know, you know, the big addition was this year, though. What it was, was great. Honey buckets. Porta potties. Oh, yeah. We had two of them this so year. So that's what a honey bucket yeah, is. Yeah, that's what a honey bucket is. That's why my wife does not like the T-shirt I'm wearing. So <laughs> See, you weren't going to explain it. Now, no, now we know. No, but it's there. So, um, But, yeah, they, I was surprised at how frequently they were frequented. Yeah, we had – it's amazing. You know, we haven't done this yet before. This is the first year. I don't know what it's, well, how it took us this long to figure out that we needed to have porta potties on site. But we finally did it this year. After last year, we had, you know, some – building peeing happening so yeah well outside outside i mean all that i don't know if we did it inside but we did we did have to allow the bathrooms to be used last year indoors and it was just very difficult you know because you let <laughs> some funny. people do it and then you don't want to let others and that just gets all convoluted so uh so yeah the the porta potties having one at either end of our parking lot um Huge. was really big um also having lights uh that were donated for the event was great yep um great parking area it was just it was a phenomenal event even with the rain although it was funny i i was kind of perched right at our front door and to be able to look out and as soon as the rain started and it was like it wasn't just the sprinkly stuff it was raining uh you saw the numbers go whoop yeah that last <laughs> right 40, off the cliff yeah that last 40 minutes uh it was just us out there sucking on our candy so um <laughs> it was uh it was definitely strange we usually don't have a lull in in the night i mean usually it's it's just go for two hours, and this year we, that last fifteen minutes was hard. But man, Herm Nazareth just stuck through with me. Yep. Uh, we didn't quit early. We were we were there till the end. So uh, we were alone there those last ten minutes, but uh, but we did it. So, so so one of the things that I think it's important for not only our Herm Naz folks, um, but just a reminder for our community why we do it the way we do it. Um, you know, cause there are many churches and organizations that did either Saturday or Sunday, um, on the weekend because it's logistically just an easier thing to do when it's not on a weekday. Why, yeah. why does Hermnaz yeah. choose to do ours even when it 
Halloween is a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Why do we choose to do our event the day of Halloween? Always? Yeah. So, you know, I think it goes back to our vision and our mission as a church. And, uh, and the vision and mission is, is, is we want to be authentic, uh, which we're going to talk about a little bit today, I guess. Um, but being authentic, uh, you want to offer a true alternative to something. Um, and an al- a true alternative is not let's celebrate a week ahead of time or a day ahead of time. It's an alternative is in place of. Um, so in order for us to be light in the darkness, we have to be in the darkness in order to be the light. And that just doesn't happen unless you're part of the actual cultural event. So uh, so we've taken the approach that that's why we we don't switch. Uh, we, we will do it on Halloween, uh, Halloween night. Uh, allowing the culture to be removed from culture and be able to come on our campus. Um, and, uh, and I mean, so that's in a nutshell, that's, that's why. And so what are some of the benefits that you've seen doing this model? Now we've done fall fest this for what, eight, eight years. Mm-hmm. So, so versus the other model of we'll just always do it when it's convenient and easy for the church to do it. What's the advantage that you see with our community now, eight years so re- relationship is huge. Uh, we have, uh, I mean, just every year, including last night, even in the raindrops, people coming through, hey, you know, this is the only place we come. Um, you know, we this is it. This is our family. We've come here, you know, so many years. Um, so the relationship we have with the community is huge. Um, ha- do we see huge growths in numbers of our church? No, but that's not the goal. Um, now, it has been an entryway uh, to, you know, to the church. I mean, we have people that... Uh, have come uh, to Hermnaz because of the event, or were first introduced to Hermnaz because of that event. But, um, but yeah, relationship I think was probably probably the number one off the chart thing is we have people that that know that we're coming here because the church has done a quality deal uh, on Halloween for them. Um, the uh, the one story I heard last night was uh, uh, parents were wanting their kids to go door to door trick or treating. And the kids said, no, 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 we have to go to that church so we can get the hayride first. And I was like, okay. And, you know, so they're here, and then uh, they circled through actually twice. And uh, and I recognized them the second time, and they're like, yeah, we're just going to stay here for the whole night not go anywhere else. I mean, so, you know, we have them for two hours on the campus or however long they stay, right? But um, so anyway, relationship's huge. That's cool. And yeah. and this year we the student ministry, we did something even beyond what we did. We've done the last couple of years. Um, this year we had a reading nook with. Uh, yeah, that looked uh, good. The cat in the hat. Yeah. Um, and the cat in the hat was here reading Dr. Seuss books for the whole two hours. And um, it was just really neat to see kids from our community, not from our church necessarily, uh, just come and sit for you know, 15 minutes or, I mean, I saw one kid that was in there for like 45 minutes just listening to stories, wow, cool. which is, which is really neat. Um, I think that's, that's something that you can get at the library, I suppose, but that's something cool that our church was able to provide this year. Um, and then as well, a family friendly, not scary carnival black light in the black lights game atmosphere that is really fun for kids and um our our organizer kelly hoskins did a fantastic job awesome job um leading that event a part of the event and um her team um you know i'm just proud of my students proud of my adult leaders it was just a fantastic piece of the event and and we've talked about it it is one of the things that we do that sets us apart from all the other trunk or treats or fall fests and things is that we have this game atmosphere that is different than other churches yep. and stuff. So we, we yep. take pride in that. We like that 
we can be something different and provide a cool atmosphere that nobody else does. So, yep. you know, and, and part of the relationship too with with the, with the church, it was so cool last night. Is is we had a couple people bring trunks, decorate them. I mean, one in particular, decorate them, and uh, and our senior adults who can't decorate a trunk or you know just just can't right uh, they then they come and they sit and they just pass out the candy and uh one of our senior adults miss neva uh she sat there she had her 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 blanket on and then she had her coat over her blanket and then she had her scarf and then she had her hood up she had her gloves on and she just sat there in her little chair and uh she man she's just handing out the the church information and then candy and i mean it was yeah, and actually it was, it, was, it was funny. So we have these cards and we give them out every year that tell about our student ministry, our kids ministry and our church as, as, a, as a whole. You know, what, what do we do? And um, I saw multiple kids while they were in the black lights because the cards actually glowed in the dark. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was. I'd have to ask Gabriel. I don't know if that was actually intentional or not, but um, in her pre- preparing them. But uh, I saw multiple kids when I would walk into the, the glow in the dark area. The kids are just reading the cards, which is exactly what we want is for that information to to be ingrained in them so that, you know, if they are looking for a church, if they want to try it, try church, maybe for the first time, they have a place to go that they know is a safe yeah. place and a place that loves them and cares about them. And that's, that's yeah. cool. And actually, last night, one of the coolest things that happened was um, one of our trunks had a um, set up to be like a prayer deal. Yeah. And she had a little bucket there with a sign on it that said um, prayer request. Or, or how can I pray for you kind of thing. And she actually had six people, six kids, put something in there on how uh, whatever they were. So I'm waiting to hear that list of that's how cool. we're praying for them. So That's, and, that's neat. And they were community people. They year. weren't church people. They were like community kids that we don't know. So That's awesome. That was pretty cool. Well, anyway, good event. Thank you to the Hermnas staff and volunteers that pulled that off. And, uh, you know, we're in recovery all week long, still picking up. It's raining out, so we still can't well, pick up everything. There's straw everywhere, everywhere. in the church, it seems like. Everywhere. Uh, I vacuumed our ministry center today for an hour. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, my truck is trashed, too. So We love this time of year, though. Yeah, it's been great. It's awesome. So, well, let's move on to our question. Um, what makes a healthy church um, is what we're going to discuss. And... Um, I think the first... It's actually what makes a great church. That's, what makes a great church. What makes a great church. So I think the, the place to start, the question to start before we can actually answer that question is what are what do we expect of churches? And I think that's even a more, there's even a more specific way of do we expect something different from, say, the small church on the corner versus the big mega church that's down the street that has, you know, a thousand plus people going to it. So what are some expectations that people have when they walk into churches? So I think this is where if you're if you are watching, uh, you know, type it in there. What do you expect um, in church? What what to you makes a great church? Not really what you expect, but but what, what really makes a great church? You know, let, let us hear from you on that, because because uh, that'll help us, you know, even as we move forward. But um, so I think just to keep it simple, just what, what it doesn't matter the size of the church, um, but what what just makes a great church? Um, you know, some things that I, I came up with, um, people like to go where people are like minded. Um, they want to have things in common. Uh that's a great church. There's also a detriment to that. I was right? going to say in this day and age, we've already talked about it. The, the, the growth of partisanship and the divide with politics and all kinds of things these days 
people will literally leave churches and they have in these last few years because I don't agree on some finer point of something. Right. Right. So being like minded is big, though. I mean, we like the like mindedness and that trickles down to our, our life groups. You know, it's hard to get people into life groups because um, they they want to be like minded in things. But well, that's what makes a great church is having a life group and having people that are like minded to do a life group. I need to be with m- people my age yep. in my situation. Like, well, you know, I'm not married but and don't have any kids, but I'm 31 years old. I don't really want to be in a in a life group with. 30 something year olds who have kids. Right. You know, that's because there are different places in their life. Yeah. Yeah. And I think, I think, uh, you know, what I hear when people talk about what makes a great church is the location. It's just down the street. It's just down the, you know, down the block. It's, I don't have to drive very far. There's not a whole lot of road time. So. Would you agree, though, that that is overcome if the church is great? I think so. Because, I mean, I know, like for us, when I was growing up, the church that we went to, I guess growing up is a wrong word. When I was in high school, uh, the church that we went to, it took us a good 30, 20 to 20, 20 to 30 minutes, somewhere in that ballpark. I mean, driving in Chicago, it's lots of stoplights sure. and stuff. So it depends. But we would drive a pretty good distance to the church. There were a lot of churches along the way that we didn't go to. We stopped it. We went to this church because it was a good, a great church. Um, so Right. And we have people here at Hermnaz that will drive 20 minutes. Some will drive an hour. Um, you know, to come. So. We have people f- that have come from Boardman and other places to. I mean, when we had the Liberty Quartet, we had people driving from Portland to come see the B- Liberty Quartet <laughs> from right. Walla Walla. Um, you know, so so location does have a role in it. Um, because uh, you know, we have people from Hepner and Ione, um, and there's churches there uh, that they could go to, but they come Boardman. There's churches they could come Tri Cities. There's lots of churches, but if they come. Um, and I'm probably forgetting somebody. From, the goal is not to hit your town, okay? But you know who you know who you are. So I think the other one is uh, that, that I hear a lot is is what the the quality of program mm. that a church has makes it a great church. Um, and that's tough because not every church has the capacity to have this great program or that great program. Whether you're talking about your kids ministry or your student ministry or you know young families or the middle-aged folk or the senior adults, like m- most churches, because most churches are not mega churches. Most churches have the capacity to do maybe one, two or three things. Well, um, like really well outside of that, it's going to be a lot more complicated for them to do many things because the Frank, frankly, they have less volunteers. You can right. only do as much as you can right. with your volunteer exactly. people. Exactly. You know, I think the other thing that uh, I look at when I think of what I hear people say, what makes a great church um, is their biblical teaching and theology. Um, Does that match? Um, Because a lot of churches, they might be a good biblical teacher, but the theology stinks um, or the theology is bad. And therefore, the interpretation of the Bible isn't spot on kind of thing so but they have a charismatic leader who can teach it well even exactly. if it's the wrong stuff exactly and then you go down the whole road of you know false teaching and all that anyway uh, so you know i think i hear that is like uh, when people are looking for a great church and they stop here at Hermnaz, it's like they want to know are you a bible uh teaching church um and what are what's your theology um you know kind of thing so um I don't we're, a, we're, we're a bible teaching church right we try to be we, we believe so, in that book. Okay, here, let me answer it. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, we there believe in that book. That we, we probably fail sometimes, but, you know. But we so do. I don't know if this is on your list, but just question. Do you think that people will go to a church 
um, that they would say a great church has the most dynamic and incredible, captivating, whatever word you, you know, adjective you want to use, worship music and, and music ministry. So I think there's a day in the church where that was be true, but I think people have come through that. I think, I think we're out, I don't know if we're on the other side of it, but I think people would rather have authenticity uh, in, in relationship. So what, so what does that look like when it comes, I mean, this is the worship pastor asking the not worship pastor this right. question, but right. you know, what does that look like to somebody walking through the door, an authentic worship experience as opposed to, you know, rock and roll, fog machine, haze machine, lights going everywhere. Well, so you kind of so just like. answered the question. Um, you know, I, when I, when I look at that, I look at, you know, the church now, this is old school term here, right? But MTV right we had to be mtv ready uh we had to have the quality the lights the whole the program be spot on be crisp you know because uh that 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 mtv is like what everybody looked at there for a long time um so i still think there's an element to that because we want to do our best and we should we should put our pennies where we need to put it to, to do things but um but i i think we're we're past that and i think people will will look and go like you know what, it doesn't really matter if we have electricity sometimes even, uh, if the worship is authentic mm-hmm. and if the Bible is what's taught. And, and I mean, that's not for everybody. Some, you know, some still look at the gimmick of the lights and the fog machines and, you know, the, the hyped up music and the electric guitar and uh, all of that and, and go like, yeah, that's what we want. Great, great. To them, that's a great church. Um, to the senior adults uh, and those who love hymns, uh, the organ, that's all we sing. That's a great church. So we have to be blended in that somehow. Yeah. Which we fail at a lot. But. Yeah. And, and I think I, I will say that for us at Herman as, you know, plugging our church. I mean, we believe in our church. That's why we're here. Um, I think our team, by and large, does a really good job of focusing on one thing. And I repeat this. I mean, you've heard it every almost every week that I've been here. Um, I repeat to the team, we're, we're, we're up there for an audience of one, not an audience of 100 or 200 or whatever is in our sanctuary. Our audience is God and God alone as a worship team. Like when we go on stage, we are we are if we we are worshiping, like if we are authentically worshiping ourselves, that'll bleed into the rest of the people in the room. Like, but man, that is so hard because people, a lot of people don't get that, you know, because we get the comments afterwards, like it's too hot, it's too cold, it was too loud. The symbols were, I couldn't hear a thing. I couldn't hear that singer. The keyboard was. I mean, we we hear some of that. It's like, why'd you even get out of bed in the morning? You yeah, know? well, and you, you, I think a lot of times church people certainly can can forget that number one, one thing can go wrong, and it can it can really be a distraction for everybody, yeah. and and it's nobody's fault. I mean, just one thing can go wrong. I mean, we know with our live stream on Sunday mornings, things go wrong more frequently than we would like. But uh, but the one thing is, I can I can speak for our team. I think on most Sundays, our people are that are on the worship team, whether they're in the sound booth or whether they're on the stage, they are focused on worshiping God to the best of their ability and letting the chips fall where they may. And I think that's where the authenticity, at least from my perspective as a worship leader, comes there. I even have to check myself on it many times um, because it can be very easy to be performance-oriented when it comes to the music and, like, we're going to do... we got to make sure we do it this way. And even these last few weeks, we've made a decision as a team to lessen the amount of songs that we do each week so that we can just let the spirit move. And if we need to repeat a chorus, so be it. Like, we'll just follow right. the spirit's leading on right. that. 
and not be concerned about, well, we got to have five songs. They've got to sound like this. The order's got to be like that. And we're just right trying to simplify. So, you know, but all this makes a great, a great church for people. They have to have a kid's thing. You know, we're, we're at her now. We're praying for and looking for a children's pastor. Um, is it going to make us a great church? Well, for some people, it's going to make us a great church. Um, it's going to make us a stronger church, a healthy church, uh, student ministry, you know, uh, your position, you know, I mean, is it make us a great church? Uh, well, it, it, for some it does, but it makes us a healthy church. Um, so there's a difference, I think, between a great church and a healthy church, because a lot of great churches who are compassionate in their community, who will do what we did at Fall Fest this week, um, who will go feed the poor, serve at the soup kitchen, serve at the warming center. That's a great church because they do that. But as, is the church healthy? And, uh, and so that's what I want to hear from you. What, what, what makes a great church to you? Um, and what makes a healthy church? Because I think there is that church? there is that differentiation. And um, I know for for us as a staff um, and as a, as leadership, when we talk to our board and whatnot, um, we desire to be a great church for sure. But that's not our primary focus. Our primary focus is to be healthy all the time, whether it's financially, whether it's theologically whether it's programmatically, we, we want to be healthy first because if you're healthy first, then you be, can become a great church. So, so here's here's the definition of great as far as like like from my perspective, uh, a church is great if they love God, love others, and then they and then they disciple. You know, you grow in your faith. That's a great church if you're doing those three things: um, loving God, loving others, and then doing the discipleship thing. That's that that's huge. Um, everything else will fall in underneath that. Well, isn't that the words of Jesus? I wasn't going to say that. <laughs> I mean, he literally said the two greatest commandments, love God with all your heart, your soul, your mind. That's true. See, look. I and then love others as yourself. But that's it. Well, and, and, and as a student ministry, <laughs> our, our our literal uh, mission statement right now is to love God, love others, and love ourselves. Um, and people, kind of, I've asked, had people ask me, what's with the love ourselves? I don't get that. Well, Jesus says to love others as we love ourselves. We have to love ourselves the way that Jesus loves us. We have to see through the imperfections that we in our humanness will see. So that is that is not just a big church thing. That is something that even in our individual ministries within our church, we focus on is loving God, loving others, loving ourselves, doing ministry, discipling. Like those are things that matter to everybody in all of our ministry areas. So. Let's 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 pare this down. We many times when we have discussions like this, we tend to talk a lot in the end about what is Herm, what is Hermnaz doing? Like what can you know, if there's pastors watching or other church leaders from other churches watching this. Not that we want to pat ourselves on the back, but what can they learn from what we do here at Hermnaz? What are what are what are things that we do to make sure that we are healthy and that we are as great as we can be for God's God's kingdom? Okay, so yeah, that's 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 good. Um, but we still want to hear from you on what what makes now a healthy church. I mean, shoot us those things because, um, you know, we want to learn as well, right, from our people. But you know, I think I think one thing that we've learned, or that I've learned anyway as a pastor, is that a healthy church cannot do everything. A healthy church cannot do everything to love everybody. A healthy church cannot do everything to love, you know, every every congregant, every neighborhood. Um, we just we can't. Uh, so a healthy church knows its boundaries. That I, yeah, that's just not right. I know it's not, but that's that's what I've learned. <laughs> you you don't you would not believe how many times we hear, well, you know, 
You didn't you didn't show up at the at the hospital. Did you tell me you were at the hospital? <laughs> right. No. Right. Well, then how are we supposed to show up? I mean, those sorts of things happen all the time. We right. can't be everything to everybody. I think that's really important. Right. And I think the other thing that that I've learned is that um, culture is imperfect. Um, uh, and the church is made up of culture and people who live in the same culture um, were imperfect. And I know that's scriptural, too. I, I know this. But but I think we have to understand that and realize it. So to be a healthy church, you got to know, like, we have imperfections. We're not perfect. You know, it used to be. Uh, so as we are today. Probably for worse, not for better. The church is downstream of culture in many, many ways. Um, and when I say the church, I mean, big C, the, the church as a whole. Um, some individual churches may not fall into this category, but many churches are downstream from culture, meaning what's happening in culture flows down into the church. Um, it wasn't all that long ago when that was flipped and the culture was downstream of the church, that what was happening in the church, what was being discussed in the church, the way that the church was living life and doing life would flow into culture. Um, we need to get back to that. I mean, that's that's something that if you're a great church in your local community, that the culture of your community is downstream from your church culture. Um, that's something that for me, I think is a big deal. Like we, we talk about it in our student ministry. We want to be something that is set apart, that when students come in, it is counter to the culture, that it is influencing culture, not culture influencing us. And I think that's something that a great church influences culture. It's not influenced by the culture. Right. And sometimes that doesn't, that doesn't work, but, that's the signs of a healthy church. You know, I think another sign of a healthy church is uh, the people laugh together. Um, there's relationship there. They, they laugh um, and uh, they can laugh about whatever. But usually what I've learned is that when they're laughing, they're laughing uh, because they have things in like things in common. Um, and they just laugh. And I just I, I, I love I love that. Um, now, we only have really like one room for our, our church here locally. I mean, so you hear the the crying and the laughing all in one room, and sometimes that's really distracting uh, for one or the other. But, um, but yeah, I think that's a sign of a healthy church. Well, we uh, we were we're talking about it in our student ministry starting next week. We have a whole new series we're beginning called Friendsgiving and kind of leading up to Thanksgiving. Um, but we're going to talk about community, and one of the things that I'm going to point out to our students, and um, one of the things you point out pointed out before, is that uh, a, a healthy church is a family, and one of the things about family is that you both laugh and you cry together. You have joy, joyful things and painful things you go through sure. together. Um, sometimes you build each other up and unfortunately, sometimes you're going to tear each other down and sometimes you need to forgive each other, all of those things. And that's just part of being a family. And I think, you know, we talked about the expectations at the beginning. I think people expect that when they come to a church that they're going to be a part of an, that there's going to be a family atmosphere that is going to be like a family. And I wouldn't say Hermanaz is perfect in this, but I think we, we certainly are fo trying to foster as a staff and as a leadership, that culture inside of our church. Yeah. Um, I, I'd agree with that. Um, I think a healthy church also, uh, as we move through this, I think another uh, thing about healthy church is, um, is that we're continually trying to learn. Uh, and when we learn, we grow and, uh, and that's why we're here today saying, hey, help us learn. Send us the note. What's a great church in your mind and what's a healthy church in your mind? Um, and you can leave out the commentary on, on if Hermanaz is good or bad at that. Just 
tell us your opinion without the commentary. That is much appreciated. <laughs> so we can read between the lines pretty good. So um, you can always send us a personal email. Yeah, he send it all to him. Um, <laughs> but uh, send it to the church office, uh, office at hermnaz.church. I, th- I think the other thing that a healthy church does is it develops leaders. Um, it develops leaders. That's a healthy church. Um, that and I didn't say it develops volunteers. Right, because volunteers only come when people get the heart of God and chase Jesus and look for a place to serve. But, but uh, like we have two students that you know just went to this convention to learn about the call on their life, and yep. um, you know that's that's developing leader. That's a healthy part of of the church. Yeah, one of them is even called to be a hospital chaplain. Like, how does that right. happen? Right, yeah, that's what she's so it, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, she she told me she doesn't even know what a chaplain is. She's like, I feel like I'm supposed to counsel people when they go through crisis situations. And uh, the hospital seems like a place where I can do that and minister. I'm like, that's great. Wonderful. So another big healthy thing I think the church is, um, is, is we are got to stay focused on on Jesus and on people, um, because that's why Jesus came. Right. Um, he came. So we focus on him. His focus was all on people. It wasn't on everything else in in life so so i think that's healthy and i think we try to do that um as far as leadership goes we try to keep our focus on jesus and on on people and you hear me say all the time uh because I, I might miss a meeting or i come in late i really try hard not to do that but it's always people first um you know if someone's needing it it's people first we can always meet later and, and stuff but um but i think that's a sign of a healthy church and i think that goes through our church people too um, yeah, that. I think one of the other things that healthy churches sets a healthy church away from apart from churches that aren't so healthy is flexibility. Um, mm-hmm. One of the things yeah. I've really valued about our church um, as we went through your health concerns when I first got here all the way leading up into pandemic and through pandemic now um, we have seen a church that is flexible, a church that is willing to. <laughs> Allow us to have growing pains and learning pains because, I mean, there are a lot of things that we had to learn over these last three years that we would have never expected that we'd have to learn um, to be flexible in your sabbatical and not only be flexible in that, but to support that and to encourage that um, and to understand that there were going to be some, you know, moments that maybe things didn't go exactly how we had anticipated through, you know, week to week or whatever. Um so I've really appreciated that, and I think that's a very good value for a church to have is flexibility and being will, willing to, I guess more than that, trust leadership and to to rely on the leadership to to navigate some of the the weirdness that time <laughs> and culture weirdness. brings us. Yeah. Well, you know, um, that, that trust, you know, starts at the leadership level, and I think a healthy church trusts their staff, trusts their leaders. Um, and I think, uh, I think, you know, I think we both probably can look at church examples of uh, of churches that don't trust their leaders. And when that doesn't happen, when that integrity and that leadership is gone, it, it where do you go with that? Um, sometimes a leader will lose integrity or trust, you know, that they have no control over. Um, so that's not really what we're talking about. But but when you when you trust your leader, um, then. I mean, the doors are, are pretty wide open. So in, in a healthy church, the staff trust the staff. And, uh, and that's, I think, that just stems with, a, with a, the health right at the core. So um, I also think that the healthy church, it resists this 
you know, in leadership, we, we talk about silos and uh, and and in the framework of teamwork. Um, is is a church has to resist the silo type of ministry, which means one person doesn't do everything, but it's a team effort. And uh, and even in Fall Fest, um, it's amazing. We had I don't know how many volunteers. I haven't talked to Gabriel yet, but we probably had fifty ish or sixty probably volunteers so. to pull off last night. Um, now, 60 volunteers to have a, an event for 1,000 people, that's what we planned for. I mean, that's not a whole lot. That's not a, I mean. We could have used more. We could have sure. used a whole lot more um, uh, in that. But, uh, uh, you know, but we're not a silo. We don't want to do ministries where it's just silo people. So Yeah, and, and you know, one of the things that silo ministry tends to, to bring to a church, um, and, and pastors and, and people who have been in church leadership for a while will know exactly what that means. But basically it's like saying, Kids ministry goes over here, student ministry goes over here, senior adult ministry over here, and they never intertwine other than maybe a Sunday morning. That's the only time they're together. Um, and the leaders, like a children's ministry leader, is not going to be involved in what's going on with student ministry and vice versa. Um, but one of the things that tends to happen, especially in a smaller church setting like ours, um, is that if you have if you have silo church happening, burnout for your volunteers is going to happen very, very quickly. I mean, even in our church where we don't have siloed ministry, burnout is still something that we have to deal with, with our people, because like many churches, you have a small group of people that are your core leaders who are invested and who are going to do the lion's share of the work because that's their hearts there. But those people get burnout really, really fast. And so a church that spreads that leadership and that volunteerism, that serving around and the more hands that are apart, hands and feet, as Paul puts it, the more hands and feet that are moving to make events like our Fall Fest or Diaper Dash or any of these sorts of things that we do um, happen, will be you will be a healthier church, a more successful church because you're not burning your people out. So I don't know, I guess I don't know if we're wrapping this up or not or how, what our time is, but um, about six, seven minutes. To okay, go. so um you know, I, I guess I guess today it's one of those today's one of those podcasts where it's more just uh, our hearts on on leadership. And um, most people probably are maybe listening, going like, well. I don't need to really know any of that. Uh, yes, you do, <laughs> because you need to be jumped into a ministry at your local church, whether it's here or wherever it is that you you attend. Um, and you won't jump into something unless, you know, it's a great uh, church and it's a healthy church. You're not going to jump into something that's not healthy and something that's just dumb. You're not going to do it. I mean, so that's probably why you're not involved in a ministry because you don't really know what's going on. So jump in, get involved. That's the only way you can strengthen the church, um, strengthen the programming, strengthen your staff, strengthen your community. And I don't mean just church community, but like the community that's around your church or wherever your church like ministers, uh, you got to jump in. Um, you know, because here at our church, if we don't have people jumping in, we don't we don't do it. And so therefore we have holes and we still I still think we do more than we should do because we don't have as many volunteers as we need that are catching on to go like, oh, yeah, I could be a good churchman because we had a great church and we've got uh, a healthy, a healthy church. Um, how can you make it healthier? Um, so like even at Fall Fest for us, we had uh, a gentleman uh, come and serve this year that has only served one other time at fall fest and uh and he's did it first year here and then it was like yeah 
I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm busy. Well, he was here last night and uh, helping out. Great, you know, great to have him here. Uh, but he was like, eh, this was good. This was good. Another guy last year, man, ripped us over the coals over Halloween in the church and how's the church celebrate Halloween and all this. Well, this year uh, he comes and he's he took on and led one of our ministries that at Fall Fest and um, you know he had to get over the the ghost and goblin and that's not what we believe in and go but well and i think he's, he caught the vision he caught the vision that this is a healthy thing this is a healthy thing i trust my leaders and um i'm gonna i'm gonna jump in and i think i mean i, I saw him serving candy i saw him serving adult volunteers i saw him serving in the area that he was supposed to serve in and i mean it's just a great uh thing for me to watch going like here's somebody who loves jesus uh he he, he seeks after the lord i mean he's a great guy of faith um, but he took time to research to make sure it was a great thing and to make sure it's an authentic thing. And, uh, he jumped in to make it even stronger. So he made us better last night. Yeah. And I would, I would just end with this. Um, I think the one last piece that we haven't really discussed at length yet, um, as far as what makes a healthy church is a church that you, you kind of touched on it with saying that a church develops leaders, um, not volunteers. If you, if you go to a church or you come to Hermanaz or whatever and you look around and say, man, that children's ministry just isn't good or, man, there's nothing for senior adults or, man, the student ministry needs work or whatever, pick the ministry, worship, whatever. Maybe you're the person that's supposed to step into that hole. Maybe instead of complaining and saying, man, look what they're lacking, maybe God has a place for you to step in and be a part of the solution, even if only temporarily. So, so, so let me back up on you on that though, because I think a lot of people have that mindset, but they'll never complain about it. Sure, right? It's like we keep it to ourselves. It's just all internal. It's it's here. It's like, well, you know, I just what. So then they don't ever do anything about it. They don't complain. They don't tell us. They don't whine about it to anybody else. But yet, it's still there. Festering. They're still missed. Right? Well, and and that's I guess that's my point. Like, no matter whether you're speaking it verbally or keeping it internal, the point is, if you look around your church or you're visiting a new church and you want to plug in plug in plug in does not mean you go sit on the, in a pew or in a chair every sunday morning and then go home and that's the end of it like if that's all your experiences with the church um you're missing so much the church is the greatest organization that's ever been created and there are so many ways for god to use you and to plug you in and to have you be a part of building his kingdom and and so instead of festering or getting frustrated because of the areas that things aren't happening <laughs> if you're not plugged in plug in and if you are frustrated just because you're doing too much it's okay to say no can we tell you as, as leaders it's okay to say no because we as leaders at least to Hermnaz, we're okay with holes we just are yeah i mean it, it stings sometimes we're like oh <laughs> but we'd rather have a hole then try to do something and not do it well because we don't have the people to make it happen. So everything you just said sounds great. It really sounds great. But that person that comes and goes, Pastor, I got a great idea. We need to do this and this and this. And it was like, great. How are you going to help us do it? And they're like, uh, well, I don't think I want to do any of that. I mean, so everything you just said, that's the bullet that always blows the hole in, in the whole thing. So then we're right back to ground zero right so yeah i'm it, not saying you should necessarily always be starting your own thing doing your own thing but again if jump in be a part of the church family there are way there are places yep. to serve i know if you're a hermnazer we have holes everywhere that could be filled so um 
just talk to one of us. Talk to one of the ministry leaders. We want to get you plugged in. So next week we're going to be back in the studio. Yep. Yeah. So uh, so I'm excited for that. So we'll see. And I'll so be like- I will be gone in a couple of weeks. So I don't know if you're going to do a show on your own or we'll maybe we'll pre-record one for that. But um, I'll be going on vacation. Yes. Going to the lodge. Oh man. It, so we talked about at the end of his sabbatical, him and his wife went to uh, Sisters, Oregon, to a a uh, bed and breakfast lodge that is for pastors and their spouses to respite and to recoup and to recover from ministry for a little while. And you have to do a whole week, which I just love that. Like, you, it's not like, hey, I'm going to go there for a night and come home like they they want you to stay there a whole week. So so um, the but the thing you don't know about that that event is those were just pictures online. We really stayed in a tent. Oh, OK. I know that's not true, so <laughs> definitely not. Um, no, yeah. but my wife and I are really excited about that, and uh, we got fall retreat coming up for our student ministry here in a few few weeks, a week and a half. Um, so God's going to do some amazing things there. So if you want a way to pray for us, um, pray for our student ministry, I would just ask for prayer for that. Um, we're really excited about what God's going to do. Yeah. So thanks for tuning in today. Thanks for watching, and um, check us out next week as we get back to the studio. Yep.